Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Here we go with our Wednesday program. Let's take a quick look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just moments, Todd Sturgeon, the coach of Floyd Central, who earlier this week announced he is going to step down from that post after eight very successful seasons leading the Highlanders. He's going to join us here in just a bit. Also, later in the show, it's Wednesday, so we have the opportunity to chat IU basketball and more with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times. Plenty of stuff to get to with the Hoosiers here in the offseason. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, stops by for his weekly segment on local sports a little bit later in the hour, presented by Major League Shirt Company. And that's the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And as a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, the number is 502 502- 414-1450. Your questions, your comments, topics, whatever you want to send in, we'll put them on the air at 502-414-1450. The text line is brought to you by Thornton's, and this week, Thornton's in the Louisville Urban League, they are excited to present a mega hiring fair that's going to feature multiple employers looking to hire right now. So if you're looking for a job, this event's going to take place tomorrow on Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center, which is located at 3029 West Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. You can come on out between 3 and 6 p.m. Don't forget to bring an ID and a resume to this Thornton's and Louisville Urban League big hiring fair tomorrow on the Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. Coach Todd Sturgeon with us right now. Coach, I know you've had a lot of, I'm sure, text messages and calls here over the last 48 hours or so, but I want to be one of the first, at least on the radio, to congratulate you on an outstanding career. Your leadership of the Highlanders, Coach, made Southern Indiana basketball, which I think we all love so much better the last eight seasons. Well, I appreciate that, and and you and I have talked before, but obviously, it's a team game, and a lot of a lot of people. It wasn't just me pulling the rope, and so we, you know, everywhere from. Uh, obviously, we had uh, tremendous players. I think when it's all said and done, we'll probably have had at least a half a dozen players that got a college scholarship of some kind, more than that actually, and uh, and then another half a dozen to. Uh, to 10 players who have played at, uh, you know, d- really good top division three programs around the state and uh, good assistant coaches, guys running the feeder program, you know, supporting the administration just across the board. We've been 
you know, just unbelievably fortunate. Can you talk about what these last eight years have been like for you? I think people know this at this point, but obviously you had a great tenure at Floyd Central. You came into that job with a lot of college experience at a couple different stops here across the state of Indiana. Uh, But in your first go of it as a high school head coach, you took a program that had success traditionally, needed some love, and finally able to build that thing back where you won some Hoosier Hills Conference championships. And then I think, obviously, at the very top of the list, you win two sectionals, the 2020 season that was ended early uh, because of the pandemic, unfortunately, and then uh, this past uh, sectional championship belonged to the Highlanders as well. What was it like to know where that program was at eight years ago and where you're leaving it off today? Well, yeah, the program, you're coming about needing some love is is a good way to put it. Uh, I, I think they had started the process here of uh, – of doing some things with the, the middle school program and different things. And, and uh, Wayne Timms is about to go into year 40 of running the mini league program, the youth program here. So those things were already in place before I got here and uh, just felt like we just needed some direction, you know, of some things that needed to be tweaked. And, and then obviously to have, you know, Luke Goldman, Kobe Barnes, Jake Hydebreeder, and I'm missing a bunch of guys. That's just the start of the list of guys that uh, some really good players come come in uh, to to ignite that and uh, and and get things going. And then, uh, as you mentioned, then to, to cap it off, this last season was was it, you know I just eventually came to the feeling like oh, how much better can we do you know as you're grinding things out than this year we lose Jake, one of the best players in the school's history, and come back with a group of guys that, you know, everybody talks about team and being unselfish, but there aren't very many of them that truly live it. And, and this team, you know, from we had eight different leading scores and guys on the bench, you know, suggesting to me, like, hey, leave him in there instead of putting me back in. That He's got it going. He's playing well. Let's just run with this group. And, I mean, kids don't – it's not that they don't say that today. Not many people ever said that. And, uh, you know, and so we just had a great group of kids. We went undefeated and won the conference, won the sectional. I think we were 8-0 against teams from Clark, Floyd, and Harrison counties and beat every team by double digits and by an average of 24 a game. I mean, I think we were the dominant team in the southern third of the state during the season and so how much better are we going to do? Obviously, the answer would have been have a little more success in the postseason. Obviously, we wish we would have done, you know, had a chance to to play to play on this year. And by the way, we also beat the 2A and 4A state champions during the regular season. So, I mean, just a a phenomenal year for our team. And so, you know, as I was have been thinking about it over a couple of years of how much longer are we going to do this and. So just a lot of things played into the decision uh, and uh, decided that it's better to go out a little bit early than a little too late. Ultimately, it was what the decision came down to. Absolutely. Todd Sturgeon, who announced his retirement from Floyd Central on Monday, joining us here on this Wednesday program. Coach, I've got to ask, basketball has been such a large part of your life, specifically coaching. 
I mentioned your stops in college where you spent a number of years and then the last eight at Floyd Central. Uh, every time we talk, uh, whether it's on the air, off the air, off the air, obviously basketball's a big part of those conversations. But I know basketball is really a big part of every facet of your life. So what does uh, the future look like for Coach Sturgeon and the Sturgeon family without a basketball coaching gig uh, included? Well, hopefully a little more travel. My wife and I, I'm still going to teach uh, here at Floyd Central. and uh, But my wife and I have talked about you know traveling a little bit more, uh, maybe have a chance to get out and see some of those guys we were talking about. Get out to Colorado Springs and watch Jake at Air Force. Or Kobe's making his decision on where he's going to end up and get around and see the Goldman boys. Go down and watch uh, Matt Weimer play quarterback down in Hanover. You know what? all these guys and this class of guys is trying to figure out where they're going to go to college. So I'll be able to go out and watch them a little bit. And then, and then maybe look for something basketball related uh, in the future around the area that maybe I can help out in some capacity. Uh, We'll just see how that plays itself out. Coach Sturgeon joining us. Coach, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that the general public knows unless they've been a big Floyd central fan or they're just really into the game all of the years in basketball that you've had. So as you exit Floyd Central, maybe uh, go back through some of those college stops and how obviously being at the college level and some of the un- just stories you've told me before, some of the unbelievable opportunities of people you had to be around or work for helped shape you to come to Floyd Central and, and lead a program to some really good success. Well, it, hey, you, you know, if you even want to go back into high school, I was fortunate to play for a really – Really good high school coach, Stan Weber. People in southern Indiana might uh, remember him. He came in, but Brownstown was in a similar situation when he got there that Floyd Central was here, that uh, it had been 30 years since they'd won a sectional. And and uh, he was a former Marine and a tough son of a gun and, and uh, uh, got the program turned around there. And then I went on, uh, played at DePaul, and uh, – uh, started out with a guy named Mike Steele, who was one of the youngest coaches in the country and had taken the paw to a couple of Division Three Final Fours. And and uh, then my senior year, Royce Waltman came from Indiana. And uh, Coach Waltman, uh, IU fans will remember Keith Smart hitting that shot against Syracuse to win the 87 championship. Well, Coach Waltman's right beside Coach Knight. He had the scout for that game. And so that's the guy then after my senior year, I worked for him for 10 years. And, and uh uh, coaches around the state that were around in that era have tremendous respect for him. He was just a phenomenal basketball guy and great storyteller. And and so to to have that connection to the night coaching tree and hear those stories and be with him and get to go around and have a chance to meet Coach Knight and the, the other players and assistants around the IU program was was great fun for me having grown up as a – as an IU guy. And then when, you know, once I got my own chance to coach, I've just been blessed with a bunch of, uh, of phenomenal assistant coaches and then other assistant coaches that I've worked with uh, Brad Brown now down at, uh, down at Clemson and, and uh, Micah Shrewsbury the head coach at Penn state was, was uh, my assistant for a while at the university of Indianapolis and Stan Gerard, who's down at Southern Indiana as the head coach down there was, one of my assistants and obviously here locally uh, people know Ryan Miller and, and Greg Walters and, and uh, Derek Sims, who was a longtime assistant at uh, 
at uh, IU Southeast. So I've just been blessed with a ton of really good assistance and, and having chance to, to play for and be around really successful coaches. And so uh, that's uh, all, all played a big role in any success that I've had for sure. Absolutely. Coach Sturgeon, I could ask you a ton of things when it comes to basketball, given your background and resume and success, but I, I, I kind of want to close with this. You obviously have uh, found big success at Floyd Central and you did so and I think a really good period for basketball in our area, New Albany and Romeo Langford, also really good during your time. Silver Creek had two runs to state championships, probably could have been three the same year that both of you, both of you guys won sectionals and then the tournament was postponed because of COVID. And there were other success stories during this time. Coach Ryan Miller at Providence, who was an assistant coach for you at Floyd Central a little earlier in your time. But to do this with Floyd and to help get them back on track uh, in a time where Southern Indiana basketball has been so good, I think it's just an extra feather in your cap. So can you kind of leave us with your thoughts Thoughts on Southern Indiana basketball and just how spoiled maybe we've all been in some small way as a fan, a coach, a player, a radio guy to be involved in some of this? Yeah, I, I, I think it really has been, a, a you know, one of the golden eras of Southern Indiana basketball when you look over the last few years, you know, even going back a little farther, you know, Clarksville with a run to the the Final Four that they made there and, and to, to be a part of it. I know the one year, maybe the, our, the best team that we had here uh, when, you know, during Romeo's uh, I can't believe, I believe this was Romeo's senior year uh, to help people in Southern Indiana put it in perspective. Uh, Jeffersonville, New Albany and us were all in the ranked in the top six of four a. So we're going into that sectional with three of the top six teams in the state. And uh, so that kind of puts it in perspective of what kind of teams were around here during, during that era. And then, as you mentioned, Providence and, and, uh, and Silver Creek on their runs. And so it really has fans down here have been really fortunate, the basketball that they've, that, you know, had a chance to watch a bunch of guys that have gone on to, to play well in college and, and that are still playing there. And then obviously Romeo and the NBA, it's just uh uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. It's made it fun for me because all these games, you know, have been well attended and a lot of interest uh, following our teams. And, and so uh, just a, a great experience for everybody involved, me included. All right, Todd Sturgeon. Coach, I'll miss these chats on the radio. Perhaps we can find a way to uh, still include you in these shows. You've always been kind enough to join me uh, before some of the biggest games and uh, just be honest with us and have fun and talk hoops, and I'll always appreciate that. So we'll stay in touch. And, again, wanted to have you on today just to recap what's been a really good eight seasons for Floyd Central. Congratulations on the success, and we'll stay in touch with you. Hey, I appreciate that, Matt, and I'm – Always happy to help coach other people's teams. I'm, I'm really good at that, so I'm happy to give my opinion. Absolutely. So thanks, thanks a lot in your coverage of uh, all the teams in here in Southern Indiana. We all appreciate that. Thanks, bud. Thank you very much. Todd Sturgeon with us to begin this Wednesday edition of the program. 
again, uh, I always brag on our area coaches. We just have an outstanding group of guys. And, you know, this is going to be a big offseason. You kind of feel in some ways the changing of the guard here in southern Indiana with uh, the Floyd Central job now open after a great eight years from Todd Sturgeon. The Jeffersonville job is open as well. And you got to include New Washington in that conversation as local jobs that will be searching or have begun their search for a new head basketball coach on the boys' side. And, you know, again, everybody thinks, well, this is going to be an unbelievable year. Floyd and Jeff are open at the same time. You know, that's something that I don't know that when the last time, if it's ever happened, and it could affect the trickle-down effect depending on who's hired into some of these jobs. Or if it's people from the outside or assistant coaches from within, you know, you could see a, not a lot of chain reaction. But definitely has been some movement this offseason. And I'll tell you, uh, athletic directors and principals in the area right now, you can bet trying to locate some really good coaches to fill these positions and either build their program back up or in the case of Floyd Central specifically, you want to try to keep things rolling and use Coach Sturgeon's consistent su- success as the base line so a really active off season as far as coaches searches go because you get into June it's back to basketball with summer leagues and so many other things so the pressure is really on this off season with how things have become almost a year-round deal to get new people in place but uh, sure appreciate coach Sturgeon coach Grants for that matter at Jeff we bugged him a lot here and had him on the show very often and a really great guest to have with us and share their insight on a regular basis. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times for the latest on IU basketball. Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, Xavier Johnson, Jordan Geronimo, and more. There's lots to talk about about this roster that's up in the air for next season. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Wednesday program, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. And with us right now, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Lots to talk about today with IU basketball. Dustin, Rob Fennessy, former IU player who's in the transfer portal. He's down to two, and both of the schools he's going to choose from have IU connections. Coach Matta is at Butler. That is one of Rob's considerations, and also Cincinnati, where former IU player and former IU assistant Mike Roberts uh, is there as an assistant coach. So Rob is going to play maybe in-state at Butler next year or maybe nearby over in Cincinnati. Yeah, that makes I mean, it, it two places that make a lot of sense for him, obviously. Uh, you know, new – uh, generally new administrations, obviously, uh, you know, West Miller is going into his second year there and they're in a rebuild. Uh, and, uh, you know, Butler obviously is going to need a, uh, a new leader there. Point guard Aaron Thompson just did his sixth year. Uh, it was really, you know, great sort of captain type of guy for them. And they could use someone else to kind of step in, uh, to that role. They've got some young talent over there with Miles Tate and Chuck Harris. 
Um, and they're obviously going to figure out who wants to stay. I mean, some of those guys obviously are going to consider uh, moving on. I mean, they, they, those guys adored Laval Jordan um, as much as they obviously struggled those last two years. You, you won't find a, a lot of uh, teams that are more bound to their coach just from a personality standpoint. Um, so they need to rebuild. Tad Mata needs to need some guys that he can look to and, and trust. Uh, and so fantasy makes sense uh, as one of those guys. I mean, he's not going to have to. And with Harris and Tate, especially if Kate's healthy because Kate wasn't healthy for most of those this year, you know, they have some other creators around him in the same way that he was, I think better with a guy like Xavier Johnson uh, to kind of team with or, or, or go back and forth with uh, this year. Tennessee, you know, Tennessee has a couple options like him, guys that are more dynamic, uh, more able to sort of create on offense. He could be a guy that could just sort of facilitate um, and also, uh, you know, defend really well. So I think those are two good fits for him. He doesn't have to go very far. He's closer to home. Um, even in, you know, he wouldn't be far away from home either way. Cincinnati obviously takes him further away than he currently is. Uh, but, you know, Indianapolis takes him a little bit closer to Lafayette where his mom is. So uh, that makes things a little bit better. It, just, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it obviously tells you something about, um, for, for as much as everyone's talked about uh, over the years with Tennessee, just him not being as dynamic as, as was hoped uh, when he got to Bloomington, he's obviously trustworthy uh, about this, the fact that, that guys who have coached him before, worked with him before, uh, still want him to be a part of it. That's something about I think his character uh, and I think how uh, the staff viewed him even though they, they didn't necessarily see the confidence they wanted to see from him they knew they could trust him and he was going to do the right thing so I think that that says something about what about Robert's four years at Indiana I tell you what I did sense a little relief from IU fans that I heard from I think when Rob made this announcement he was down to two maybe yesterday at least it's not Purdue that would be awkward to uh, have to go against the guy that I think is respected and liked by the IU fan base uh, to have to, to go against him in a meaningful Big Ten rivalry game. So I, I feel like fans can cheer for Rob at Butler or Cincinnati, whereas at Purdue, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think it just would have been awkward that the Tennessee's biggest moment uh, as an IU player was beating Purdue, and, and he's a Lafayette guy. So, I mean, like it, it was – it was really meaningful, and I think it would have made that moment feel strange uh, if he went from beating them to playing for them uh, in a year. I think it would have felt weird. I, mean, I think at the end of the day, Indiana fans would have been sort of behind him, and I, I think they knew obviously that space had to be cleared out. Um, and, you know, with Jalen Huchifino coming in and, and whatnot, uh, that was going to clog up the situation if he was still going to be around. So it's ultimately a situation where Indiana needed to, to, to make some, you know, to clear out some space. So whether it was, you know, Rob, you know, making the decision purely on his own or whether it was in consultation hearing from Mike Woodson, hey, the playing time is probably not going to be there. Um, you know, he, he ultimately had to go. So I think, it, I think fans would have gotten over it, I guess, is the point. But it would have been really weird to see Rob Tennessee show up uh, at Assembly Hall in a Purdue jersey. I think that would just been really strange. I think he ultimately would have been more cheered than booed. But, I mean, he even saw Joey Brunk get booed uh, at Indiana. And I was kind of surprised about that, him being an Indiana guy, um, you know, an in-state guy and someone who really, you know, did give it his all in his couple years in Indiana. Um, you know, even though he was out for that most of that first that, that second year, uh, you know, he still probably would have gotten some back and forth there, and I think that would have been strange. Ultimately, it's better. I think it, you know, Al Durham leaving and going to Providence, I think allowed some people to to root for Al and for Providence. So I think this is kind of a similar deal. Yeah, no question. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. All right, transfer portal. There's a ton of things to talk about in addition to Rob. Uh, first off, any insight? I get this question all the time, and I'm not sure there's been any clues out there yet, but any thought on Race Thompson? Uh, is he going to make some announcement that he is 
coming back, entering the portal. I guess if he's going to exit, he would have to enter the portal by the end of this month, by May 1st on that deadline. But the clock is ticking there, and I could see it going both ways and making sense for race uh, to come back or maybe not come back. So that's a tough one to uh, predict or prognosticate. What are your thoughts and your take on race Thompson as far as will he play at IU next season? Yeah, it's a good question. I would have expected to hear from that by now, and I would have kind of expected to hear before, um, you know, at least around the close to Trace Jackson Davis's announcement on Saturday that he's going to, um, you know, enter the draft and not and, and not hire an agent and maintain his eligibility. Um, I think um, so. I would have expected him to make a decision close to that or before that. So I'm a little bit surprised that it's taken this long to make a decision. I, I think the fact that he, you know, did senior day, you know, just sort of suggested to me that hey, I think he, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to do a sixth year. That's a long time to be in college. Um, but in the same way, I mean, I, you know, obviously he's not an NBA prospect. Uh, you know, he's not thinking of this on the same lines uh, as Jackson Davis is. So it's like, okay, what's you know, he's obviously, I think, signed some more NIL deals. Uh, you know, it's, you know, he he would be looking at overseas. I mean, I, I don't think he's even in a G League in a G League spot of of developing uh, for the NBA. So ultimately, it's like, well, what do you want to do? Uh, do you, you know, what, what's is, is there a purpose in fit in? You know, would would you rather start your career in Europe now? Um, and but you know, when you have a chance to make a lot of money by sticking around. Um, does it make more sense? Uh, does it make more sense to stay in Bloomington, where people know you, where you're all, all, you are obviously extremely marketable? Um, you know, is there what purpose, if any, is there uh, to leave town um, at this point? It's a tough question, um, and one I'm sure he's still answering. I, mean, I, I think if he stays, I don't know that you'll see him make an announcement. I think it'll just happen. Um, but you know, it might make just as much sense to do the graphic and 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 sort of you know add to your marketability that way. I mean, it, it, I, I feel like you could go either way. You know, I think it's just a question of what's, you know, what, what is he really looking for? And, and again, NIL complicates that because it's like, okay, like, are you going to be any more marketable anywhere else? If you go, if you, if next year you're playing in Germany someplace, you know, how, how do you have any chance of making more money than you do in Bloomington right now? So uh, it, it, it's definitely a complicated situation. It's definitely different. You know, obviously this is what the COVID year has and, and NIL have uh, have brought to bear in this situation, and it, it makes, I think, some difficult decisions for some guys, and I think I imagine he's still figuring it out, and I'm a little bit surprised it's taken this long. So many things converging on each other. The COVID year, the new mm. NIL stuff, the transfer portal taking hold of college basketball. Uh, I just sit here as you answer that question and shake my head about how different things are from just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It, it has changed everything, and, and, and it'll get back to something – um, approaching normal, but ultimately, what was I think just decided through, um, you know, this is forced. I think uh, the NCAA and 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 I don't mean just the people working in the Indianapolis office, but really uh, the entirety of college athletics, the people that make make the decisions. Um, really, I think had to confront a lot over the last couple of years, and I think it goes back to, um, you know, basically last basketball season and knowing that to keep college sports afloat, they needed to have these guys play in a pandemic uh, that was still, you know, pre-vaccines mostly um, and sort of live in bubbles and all those kinds of things and sort of sacrifice because that was the only way that they were going to be able to keep the enterprise afloat. 
Um, so I think that ultimately moved the needle a lot when it came to, um, you know, athlete power and saying, okay, are we really asking these kids to do this to keep this afloat, but we're not letting them get paid from outside. Um, and we're also, you know, sort of telling them that they don't have the same freedom of movement um, that coaches do. Basically, what coaches get to, to decide where they want to go, whenever they want to go there. Um, and, you know, they can leave contracts, they can leave places that we're counting on them. Um, why is it the players have to stay and they've got to be penalized? So, you know, and again, why should they lose a year of eligibility for playing through a season that doesn't make any sense? They're not playing in front of fans. You know, a lot of these games are going to get canceled. Uh, they're really putting a lot on, on the line um, for the, you know, to help college sports. So basically, I think that that obviously really just just turned, you know, the college sports world on its axis and made everybody sort of reconsider, okay, you know, was, was any of this, is any of this fair? Was it ever fair? Um, and it just sort of creates this new thing that now everybody has to deal with. And a few years from now, again, you get past uh, the kids that, that started their careers, you know, during or, or, or somewhere around the time um, of the COVID year, you'll get past that. So you're not going to have as many 60-year guys uh, or 50-year guys, and, and it'll get back to normal as far as eligibility was, is concerned. You'll, you'll see kind of the good and bad of entering the portal. Um, but NIL is, is here to stay, and that's something that's, that's – but I think it's ultimately going to make college sports better because it's really going to keep kids in um, playing the game for longer rather than feeling like they have to leave uh, and go play professionally just to collect a paycheck. Dustin, here's a question from the Thornton's text line. Why does it appear IU is only looking at guards and wings in the transfer portal when the front court is potentially gone? Um, it's well, I mean, they're not. I mean, obviously, I think they're in on Joe Hunt, uh, Johnny Broom from uh, Moorhead State. And, and obviously, the other issue is there just happen to be, you know, like it, it always comes back to this. Like, there simply are more guard-sized humans in the world, and there are forward, forward and center-sized humans. I mean, there's just not that many of them. Um, and they are at a premium, and, and when you know teams have them, they try not to, to make sure they don't let go of them. Um, you know, I don't know how many big guys are currently in the portal. I don't know how many of those guys uh, would be useful for Indiana, but, I mean, that's what it always comes back to. Um, you know, I, I remember just when I covered mid-major ball, that's the thing that they used to say is that, you know, you, you find just as many good mid-major guards as you find, you know, guards anyplace else. It's, it's just, it's the big guys because there's just a short supply. There just aren't that many humans that big uh, at the end of the day. So I think that's, that's an issue is just, is, you know, I'm sure you'll see them jump on whoever because they need somebody either whether Trace Jackson Davis comes back or not, whether they either need a backup behind him. And I imagine they're going to want somebody, you know, a little bit more serviceable, ready to go uh, than Logan Duncan. And obviously it seems that they want to scale up from Michael Durr. Um, but if Jackson Davis doesn't come back, then, then they really, really need a big, uh, because, you know, obviously even if Ray Thompson comes back, certainly he can play the five and you can put him and Geronimo together. But I mean, Thompson is giving up size, uh, to a lot of five men, um, you know, basically in the Big Ten. Uh, so they're really going to need somebody with legitimate size to be able to play that five. So certainly they're going to jump on anybody that's out there. So you know, so I know they're all already on broom, and I think they'll, like, there's again, there's just not that many in the portal to start with, but I think you're going to see them go after just about everybody that they, that thinks, that they think can help them that's out there. All right, talking with Dustin Dopierak, he's with the Bloomington Herald-Times, covers IU and joins us Wednesdays on the program. The transfer portal, there are so many names of interest. Some we know IU's made contact with. Uh, others, we, we don't know for sure if they have or not because it's really not been reported, but I saw Dawson Garcia, who is a former IU name out there, or IU target some years back coming out of high school, has entered the portal. And that's just one of many examples where there's some – previous connection were Indiana or from the state or whatever it is any names that stand out to you of uh, 
of some of the key guys that you know IU has reached out to that maybe make sense? You just did a great job breaking down, uh, you know, why Indiana's addressing things maybe the way they are in the portal. But any any big name or two to really watch in this process, you think, coming out of the portal? Uh, so far, it's not a lot. I mean, I think there's still more to come. I, I know Sean McNeil is a guy that they're in the top six with, a uh, pretty good shooter out of West Virginia that did some scoring over there, basically. Um, and, you know, for as much as sort of people, as I think, kind of complained about Parker Stewart and his shooting towards the end of the year, you remember he hit 53 threes, uh, and that's pretty something pretty significant um, to, you know, try to replace. I mean, they've got guys, you know, they're bringing in three guys who have hit threes at their level. But um, as as we've seen over for years and years and years, what what – you know, shooting at the high school level, while, you know, it's obviously at least, you know, it, it, it's important to have high school track record, uh, that, you know, high school track record of shooting doesn't always guarantee that you're going to be able to shoot at the college level. Um, and so it, it would not be the, the worst idea for them to get somebody in the portal uh, that's a proven shooter. So I think McNeil at least kind of fits that. His numbers aren't off the charts, but they're at least decent. Um, and so I think that that's one guy that they're pursuing, and I'm sure you're, you're going to see more. I, I think Gar- Garcia... I think really is going to want to stay closer, uh, even closer to home. Um, you know, obviously the mid, like getting to the Midwest is one thing, but I don't think that's close enough uh, for him. Because I think the reason, obviously, he stepped had to step away from North Carolina was because of a family illness. I'm not sure exactly who, but I think it's a, um, you know, it must plan as somebody in my family must have been ill or is ill. I, I don't know how that ended up. Um, what the sort of final shape, yeah, situation with that was, you know, just what happened to who. Um, but based on just his uh, I think tweet even today it just really suggested it, I, I'd be surprised if it's not a Minnesota or Wisconsin. I would, I would be surprised if it's not, you know, in those sort of, you know, way upper Midwest states. I don't think you'll see him uh, this far south. Um, so I think that that's why I, I think they would have a ch- chance at him if, if he was considering that. But I, I think it's really important for him to be not far away uh, from him, his home and from his family. But no, I, I mean, you keep seeing, I think, a couple other guards pop up. I think Dexter Dennis was a guy from Wichita State. They showed some interest in. I think there was a kid from Ole Miss. But I, I don't know that they're, I mean, McNeil obviously is one I think they're in on. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them. I heard some tell, um, Oh my God! What's the name of the guy out of Butler? Um, I can't remember how you pronounce his name exactly. The um, I think he's a Serbian kid or yeah, I know Yugoslavian who you're talking about. Some yeah. way. Um, Simus, I think yes. his last name is escaping yeah. me. Um, so I've I heard tell that they have some interest there. I think that's one worth uh, checking out. Obviously, to see where that one goes. Um, but you know, I think you'll see them involved in bigs first when they come out. Um, but otherwise, looking at shooting, I think that's kind of the most important thing they've got to find is just a, a, somebody who's another proven shooter. Uh, like I said, I think they've got some, some guys who are capable coming in, um, but you don't know if that's going to translate immediately. I don't know if CJ Gunn is going to be knock, a knockdown three-point shooter at the college level immediately. I think he could be really good eventually. Uh, Hood the same way, but I don't know if you're going to see that right away. Yeah, Dustin Dopirak, the Daily Hoosier. Excuse me, Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times. My guess, I'm going back in time, Dustin. There's Uh, a lot of bounce. It's been a lot of bouncing around, man. A lot of bouncing around. uh, One other affiliations over there. Yes, yes, but but hey, the constant has been Wednesdays on the Hoosier (laughs) Report, and IU fans appreciate that. Correct. Uh, One one final topic for you: getting into some recruiting because it's that time of year. Xavier Booker has been a really hot name for IU. Of course, his Cathedral team 
just won the state championship in 4A a few weeks ago, and he was out on the circuit this past weekend. You can bet a lot of college coaches are going to be checking him out again in the second evaluation period later this month. I saw something earlier this week, a few days ago, that Duke has reached out to him and plans to watch him in the next live period. So Xavier Booker from Cathedral right here in the state, his recruitment really seems to be expanding. Yeah, I think that I, I saw Duke, and I want to see. I saw somebody else who's kind of in that blue blood sphere. Um, might have been Villanova or somebody like that. He's it, it's definitely picking up. It definitely sounds like a lot of people were out to see him. Um, I mean, I, I you know it's simple, but I know obviously Butler was uh, there. I know Thad Mata was around. Um, I, I think I saw pictures from that. I mean, there was God. There's so much going on this weekend. I think there was three events in Indianapolis, so everybody was all over the place between you know the Under Armour event, the Adidas event. Um, and the NY2LA event, which I think was the one that Booker was in. Um, so everybody was kind of spread out this weekend, and everybody, I think, had a chance to see a lot of people. But it definitely seems like Booker's, um, uh, it definitely seems like Booker's uh, recruitment is picking up. And so Indiana, obviously, I think is in good shape. They, 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 were, you know, they, they were in on him a while back. Um, and, you know, but it seems like he, you, you've started to see, I think the production out of him, obviously he's sort of a bigger kid. Um, and, and sometimes it takes a little while for those guys to really kind of put all the pieces together, but you can kind of see it. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to see him much this winter, but saw him last summer and you, you really see, I think the projection, um, kind of projectable tools and the, the ability for growth. I think you're starting to see, you know, uh, the bigger programs start to believe in that. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight for his services for sure. So it, obviously it helps that Indiana has been in for a while already, but that's going to be a tough one to win. Yeah, no question. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us. Dustin, as always, thanks for the run on IU stuff. I, I keep saying the spring is here, so we need to get in football. Uh, we'll do that maybe next <laughs> week. I know you've been all over some of the football stuff going on here this spring, so we'll mark that down for next week. Dustin, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, a couple other texts to end of the show today I want to read. Texter says, I feel like Race Thompson is waiting on Trace. What Trace does, Race will do. Well, I understand that, and you would think there could be some connection between the two teammates, longtime teammates, but keep in mind Trace Jackson Davis has announced for the NBA, and we may not know until after the May 1st deadline when you have to enter the portal at least, uh, you know, what uh, race to, or what Trace is going to do. Is he going to stay in the draft or not? There's likely going to be, you would think, sometime in late May or early to mid-June before the draft. I forget the – it may be June 1st, the deadline. So sometime in the month of May, you're going to know what Trace does. Unfortunately for Race, he's either going to have to enter the portal before then. I guess at any time he can make a decision just simply not to play. So perhaps he is waiting to see what happens with uh, Trace from a NBA standpoint. But uh, definitely some different timetables there with Trace declaring for the NBA draft and going through all that stuff. He, I can't imagine making any kind of announcement – that he's coming or going or staying or going until we get a little closer to the June 1st NBA draft deadline. Also, Coach Chanley, a former coach in the area, great guy. Uh, he said, I just want to congratulate Todd Sturgeon on his stellar career of coaching. I have always said none of us are irreplaceable, but he is about as close as it gets. Very kind words from coach to coach, Coach Chanley to Coach Sturgeon there. And uh, Coach Chanley, always appreciate uh, you listening to the program. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment. Major League Shirt Company brings you Josh Cook of the News and Tribune on local sports. Todd Sturgeon, we had him on earlier. We'll get Josh's thoughts on him 
getting out of the Floyd Central position and uh, basically retiring from coaching, it sounds like. We'll also talk some high school baseball and some big uh, stuff locally. Earlier this week, IHSA announced some uh, the uh, classes, the reclassification uh, based on success factor and enrollments and other things, and there's going to be some local schools that will have some different looks in the postseason coming up. We'll talk about that with Josh uh, in the next segment. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this Wednesday program. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. You can visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. And with us now is Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He's always with us Wednesdays as we talk local sports. And Josh, a lot to get to today, not a lot of time. Todd Sturgeon is retiring from the boys' basketball job at Floyd Central. He joined us a little bit later in the show today. He's a big loss, not only for Floyd, but for our local basketball community. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to, sorry to see uh, Todd step down. You know, he's he's, a, he's done a great job there at Floyd, that's for sure. You know, obviously their most successful coach they've had since Joe Hinton. Um, uh, just did a great job. Uh, taking that program and, and turning it, you know, making it a prominent one again back in the area and the state. So, you know, he he uh, had some great teams and obviously, uh, you know, ran into Romeo there at the beginning of his uh, his time there, and that kind of it kind of hurt him a little bit, but uh, had had great field success and uh, you know, not not bad when uh, almost seventy six percent of your games and a couple of sectional titles uh, two in the last three years. So. He had a great run and, and did great things there, and you know, it'd be interesting to see. Very interesting to see who, who you know, um, takes over for him. Yeah, absolutely, going to be some big jobs to fill here in the coming weeks or months for some of our local schools. With Floyd Central, Jeff, New Washington, someone else texts me and says, "Hey, don't forget, it's Eastern Pekin is also open as well." It's a little out of our immediate coverage area, but they've got some young talent there. I think that's actually a good job again. So a uh, number of jobs open. I don't know that the number's real great, but, boy, the the uh, Jeff and Floyd Central jobs uh, at the top of that list, those are some big ones to fill as far as big schools and big reputations here in southern Indiana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be, uh, you know, two of the, two of the big jobs. I, I, I joked, uh, joked with B.J. McAllister yesterday. I said, Jim Shannon better not retire anytime soon. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll uh, – We'll hopefully that won't happen, but yeah, two, two of the biggest jobs uh, in definitely in this area, that's for sure. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with both of those uh, going into next year. All right, uh, let's uh, let's move on. Another subject I want to talk about. I haven't brought it up yet this week, but IHSA earlier in the week announced its uh, team sport 
classifications for the 22-23 and 23-24 school years. And really, there were a number of local schools that are going to have some change in what their class and or postseason looks like. Can you give us kind of an overview of some of the most local changes that were affected by this announcement that came out earlier in the week? Yeah, uh, two of the biggest ones were uh, Silver Creek girls and uh, – Providence boys soccer team both got bumped up to uh, uh, bumped up a class for the uh, success factor. So Silver Creek girls basketball team goes up to 4A now, and, and you know it, it seems like they they would fit right into that sectional that already includes you know uh, Jeffersonville and New Albany and and Bedford North Orange and uh, Seymour. So that 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 would be really interesting to see what happens there, and then. Uh, uh, the Providence boys soccer team, you know, all coming off back-to-back state title uh, appearances, they uh, move up to 2A. Uh, then, then the other one, really big one I thought was uh, in uh, volleyball, the Providence volleyball team drops down from, from 4A. You know, they've played in 4A for the last five or six years, and, and they go back down to 3A uh, this season after after losing last year uh, in the sectional final to Floyd Central. So, um, you know, we'll see if maybe Terry Perica can, can, uh, can maybe get another state title. I don't want to uh, put too much pressure on her, but, uh, you know, they'll definitely be one of the top teams in 3A next year. So uh, that will be very interesting to see. And then um, some more in, in football, um, Jeffersonville goes back up to 6A. You know, they were down in 5A for a couple of years in, in that sectional with uh, New Albany and Floyd Central. But, but uh they go back up to six A where they were for a long time, and then and probably into a into a very difficult sectional that includes Cinder Grove and Columbus North, and then uh, Providence football drops down to one A, which which uh, is good news for uh, Coach Daniel McDonald. They should be you know they should immediately be uh, be pretty good in Class A, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and those are some of the biggest ones. So uh, it'd be really and then the one that didn't didn't really. Uh, None of our local teams were affected, but uh, Brownstown Central looks like they're going to drop down into 2A in boys basketball, which you know they could be in they could be in a sectional with Providence and uh, in Clarksville, so that that could be really interesting as far as that goes. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be a big change. Brownstown, a, a great program year in year out year out, and they've got a player right now, the coach's son Jack Benner, who is fantastic. He had a great year, getting uh, some college interest, some real college interest here. This spring, Dustin, I want to close today with high school baseball scheduled to have a big rivalry game tonight, Floyd Central and New Albany. But with the rain and weather, I'm kind of sitting on the edge of my seat wondering if that truly will be played tonight. But there have been some good games so far, a lot of uh, parity in the area and a lot of potential for good seasons here in the area. Your take on high school baseball so far here over the first few weeks of April? Yeah, that's for sure. It's it's definitely been uh... You know, as long as it, as long as they can get the games in, the games have been the games have been good, and uh, you know the weather hasn't been great, but uh, there's definitely some parity, and you know the the big schools, the big teams are definitely uh, um, you know playing playing well. It seems like and and just kind of you know getting their footing and stuff. Obviously, uh, yesterday was uh, Jeff edged Floyd Central and into I'm sorry, Jeff edged Silver Creek in, in a game between two teams that. That uh, you know have high hopes for this season and especially the postseason. And then uh, uh, I know Providence picked up a big win yesterday too at Jennings County, which is one of the one of the uh, 
one of the better teams in, in 4A in the area too. So, but all the teams are, uh, you know, they'll. I'm sure there'll be some struggles early, but you know, I think once once the once late May gets here, they'll be they'll be really good, and, and uh, you know, they'll be in contention for. We should have you know a lot of a lot of our teams in contention for sectional titles this year. It should be should be really interesting. Uh, end of May, beginning of June. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Uh... The final go of it, as far as the high school sports season is concerned, everything will wrap up here. Really, it's quick season for the spring as things start to wind down near the end of May and the beginning of June. But uh, du- uh, yeah, it's the quickest season, I feel like, I'm, you know, just the way things yeah. are structured. But uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune with me. Josh, as always, thanks for the great coverage. You can read it at newsandtribune.com slash sports. And, of course, the – daily edition of the paper josh we got to talk about the nets piece soon as well so let's get to that next week that's right june 21st market calendars (laughs) all right gonna be a big night for southern indiana sports that's gonna wrap up this wednesday show have a great day back with you tomorrow this is the hoosier report with matt dennison